Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us on Wednesday, March 16th, 2022, just a few days away from Duke men's basketball opening up the NCAA tournament run here in 2022. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of this podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen every single day. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. I am so thrilled today because Ryan Lohman is going to be a part of our program. He runs the at Duke Nation uh, Twitter account and he was on the show last week. It was so well received that I got to bring the guy back. ASAP. And here we are today to chop it up and talk all things Duke basketball. Ryan, how you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited, man. Best time of the year, that's for sure. No, it is. I mean, here we are. We're, we're uh, a couple of days into the week already, and people want to talk about their brackets all the time. You and I are college basketball junkies, so we certainly welcome those conversations. But uh, there is a little bit of it where it's like, okay, this is enough of uh, just a bunch of randos who just want to join in on the bracket fun and let's actually get to the basketball, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's funny. There's always people on Twitter who are who haven't watched college basketball all year, and I'm not going <laughs> to act like I'm I'm the guys who are watching the the non-power five teams back in November. But um, it's just funny to see like the Charles Barkleys and the Shaquille O'Neals and the Rex <laughs> Chapmans come out of the woodworks as if they've been like analyzing every game all year. I love it, but yeah. it doesn't make it any less fun. That's for sure. I mean, here we are. Let's get rocking and rolling. We've got March Madness to talk about. Duke is going to take on Cal State Fullerton. Uh, obviously a disappointing exit for the Blue Devils in the ACC tournament final against Virginia Tech, but they got there. There could have been much more disappointment like there were for a couple of other regular season champions to lose their first game in their respective conference tournament. Duke won a pair and then ultimately came 15 points short against Virginia Tech in one of their worst shooting performances of the season. Uh, is that kind of how you look at this or, or how was your view of uh, the, the ACC tournament run for the Blue Devils? Yeah, I was I was obviously disappointed. The the tough part was just like we've said and we've seen all over Twitter is the the lack of effort it seemed like and the lack of fight towards the latter half of the second half um, in that game against Virginia Tech. They and when they were there's four minutes left, they were down like eight or nine. And, and I was like, well, this is we're going to find out a lot about this team right here. And they didn't have a lot of fight. Uh, and I, I don't know. I was super depressed after that. I was super disappointed. But then going into Sunday and seeing that we got a two seed, like I was completely rejuvenated, rejuvenated based on I think our draw isn't great, but it's not bad. And it's a two seed, not a three seed with historically those odds are are better for two seeds rather than three seeds. So um, going into the tournament, I'm way more optimistic than I was after that Virginia Tech game. Uh, uh, but there's still a lot of things that this team needs to turn around, especially in the defensive end, if they want to make a run this this month. Yeah, I can't wait to see what Duke does here in the NCAA tournament because there's a variety of different outcomes. Obviously, uh, you want it to be hoisting the trophy after six consecutive wins in March, but we also have seen the Duke Blue Devils over the years uh, play down to their competition and uh, not play well or have some mid-major schools just have the games of their life and walk away victorious over the Duke Blue Devils. So, with all of that being said, as we get set for this first weekend in Greenville, how are you feeling about Duke's chances just to get out of this weekend alone, first and foremost? 
I'm feeling pretty good. I know last time I was on, I said I was throwing out crazy numbers like 8.75. I think <laughs> I think my confidence level to get out of this first weekend is probably more like an eight now. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I think right. I think they blow out Cal State for Fullerton. They don't shoot the three ball very well. They don't score a lot of points. And that's kind of where Duke has struggled in the last few weeks was defending the three ball. Um, but that if Davidson gets past Michigan State, man, that's the game that everybody's kind of worried about and has has marked. If, if they can get past Michigan State, because um, they, they shoot the three ball very well. Um, but if they take on Michigan State, I'd be a lot more confident. Michigan State doesn't have a go-to score. They don't have a very good three-point shooting team there. So, uh, and, But either way, Duke could turn around. They, they, they guarded the three very well to start the season for the first four months. Um, so if we can just get that Duke basketball team back, uh, I have a lot of confidence this team can make quite the run. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what we heard Brendan Marks saying on yesterday's program was, was just the defense that you get out of Duke is, is incredible to start the season. It's fallen off over the last six games. And if Duke can start to correct that, they're still going to be one of the toughest matchups in all of this. And storylines are always the biggest thing for everybody. This is the final tournament for head coach Mike Krzyzewski. But if you look at the each individual games, the 32 games that make up the 64-team bracket, they're just amazing storylines in all of them. And the fact that you've got this Davidson and Michigan State matchup, the last NCAA tournament team that Duke played was Michigan State in the Elite Eight. And one of their guards on that team was Foster Lawyer, who is now the starting point guard for Davidson. So for his first round game, his first NCAA tournament game as a Davidson Wildcat, he's going up against his former school in Michigan State. And then obviously the winner of that will take on Duke. And of course, all of this is us assuming that Duke is going to be able to take advantage of Cal State Fullerton. The Blue Devils are favored by 17 and a half. Yeah, I think the one thing I'm looking for for this game is if they can legitimately blow out uh, Cal State Fullerton because they were blowing out Syracuse and Syracuse is a different team, obviously. I mean, I, I would assume Syracuse is a better team than, than Cal State, but they were blowing out Syracuse to start that game and then just let up quite a bit. And so to consistently uh, play all 40 minutes against a very poor team or a much a much more mediocre team than, than, than Duke um, – I just, I really hope they blow them out. The confidence that this team needs um, would come from that blowout. And I think the fans kind of need us to just, you know what, after the first half be up by 15, 20 points and just kind of relax and, and, and decompress instead of having another stressful, stressful game where you, you win or you lose and you're done. All right. Duke basketball gets set to take on Cal state Fullerton, the Titans coming up on Friday. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. Chatting here with Ryan Lohman on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today here with Locked On Blue Devils brought to you by our good friends over at Stat Hero. Let me tell you about them. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pickups pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with the gameplay. That is doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their games winning four times more often because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you were going up against. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. You can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions will apply. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. 
Our show today is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. I cannot tell you how much I love Built Bar, all of their amazing flavors. It's basically a chocolate bar as these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, but it's so good for you. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carbs. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You can understand why you're making the best decision with Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown right here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast feed. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you an in-depth breakdown on every single matchup. We move forward on today's show with Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter talking all things Duke basketball. The month of March is here. And uh, let me just start here. You were going to get to watch Duke basketball play an NCAA tournament Ryan game, Ryan. How awesome is that, first and foremost? Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. We, it's been three years. It's been since Zion's team that we've <laughs> been able to watch Duke in March. And obviously, we, we weren't able to watch any March just two years ago. So the fact that we get to watch Duke again in March, we get to have fans at these venues again for March Madness. Um, I, I think that's an underrated part of it. Not that they're selling out stadiums for these first round games, but the just the the vibe around the stadium when you have uh, student sections, you have the band, you have cheerleaders, you have everything else. It just makes it so much better. And to have that again and to get to watch Duke basketball, man, I, I'm ready. I, there's a, obviously there's a better chance of getting your heart broken when you're a fan of a team than there is to be excited at the end because there are 68 or 67 other teams there. But uh, I'm, I'm just so excited, man. I, the, the ACC tournament was just a tease of how it feels to watch uh, basketball in March. So I'm, yeah. I'm totally looking forward to it. The, the, they're on CBS. They've got the number one broadcast crew right out of the gates with yep. their games being broadcasted, talking about Cal State Fullerton, the matchup for Duke and those broadcasters, of course, Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill on the call. So let's talk more about this uh, Duke and Cal State Fullerton matchup in particular, Ryan, because uh, the one thing that Duke Twitter, and you're such a a big fulcral part of uh, the the Duke Twitter community, is the three-point shooting, the numbers for Cal State Fullerton and their struggles there. Is that really what this comes down to for you, is taking advantage of a team that doesn't shoot that well? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so, and I hope so, because that's what kind of killed Duke against Virginia Tech. They had Hunter Couture go off for over 30 points, which is, I don't even want to go down that road anymore, because <laughs> that's just depressing to think about. But if they can allow a guy like that, who av- only who averages less than 10 points a game to go off for 30 points because of shooting the three-pointer, if they can eliminate that from happening to a, a lesser team like Cal State Fullerton, who doesn't shoot the ball very well, I think that bodes super well for, for Duke and in their favor. Um, the the thing that I'm looking for, though, is is kind of a plethora of, of Duke guys to step up. I think this is a confidence-building game, or it can be a, a, another game that hurts Duke's confidence like the ACC tournament did. So, um, like I said before, blowing these guys out, I think, would go a long way for this Duke team, especially executing whatever game plan is the coaching staff puts in place. Knowing that they can go out there and execute that gives them so much more confidence going into what's going to be a tough matchup between Michigan State or Davidson. And so you've got to look at this game, and and you talk about three-point shooting for Cal State Fullerton. Well, it'd be wise to talk about that area for the Duke Blue Devils, and that's somewhere that uh, Duke, I would say, has been uh, incredibly inconsistent throughout the season. When you look at their three-point line numbers, obviously four of 20 
against Virginia Tech. And if you take away Savarino's garbage time three, Duke finishes three of 19 uh, against the Hokies in that tournament title game. A.J. Griffin goes one for eight. We will never see a shooting game like that again from A.J. because he's just way too good of a shooter. But uh, we love talking about Trevor Keels because we love him so much. But, oh, boy, do the, uh, the, the struggles sometimes frustrate Duke basketball fans. In the ACC tournament over three games, Keels went 2 of 14 from the three-point line, and, and Duke just can't have that. No, and the issue is, is if he is shooting poorly most of the time throughout the beginning and middle of the season, he was a much better decision maker. But when you compile bad shooting with – uh, bad turnovers and bad decisions when it comes to which at which times you're driving and who you're trying to drive on. Uh, it creates bad situations and you're not being a productive player on the offensive end. And then on the defensive end, I think he struggled a little bit as well. He wasn't able to stay in front of defenders. He was kind of getting a little bit lost out there. So um, I'm hoping that we can get vintage Trevor Keels back from November and December. And even before he got injured in January, seeing him make good decisions, take taking better shots, um, he can get to the follow line. He's, he's a freight train going downhill. So if he can get himself to the follow line and, and make better decisions when he is driving and not just throwing up bad shots, that'd be awesome. And like you said, AJ Griffin, I don't think we'll see that again. Um, just a weird night. I think they, they made it a priority to, to get a hand in his face. It wasn't like he was shooting super open shots. There were, there were a few that were a little more contested than I feel like you would normally see him take. So uh, I think just getting him back on track is awesome. And, and overall having two or three guys have big nights outside of just Paulo, which it's shown in the past that Paulo can't be the only one out there having 20 or more points a night. We have to have a consistency across the entire six guys that we basically play. Yeah, no, and that, that's the thing. When you get to March, you need other guys to step up, right? I mean, we've had a couple of uh, three- or four-minute stretch runs for Joey Baker, but in, in some of the biggest games of the year against Gonzaga, Joey made a couple of shots when Duke was able to pick up that win earlier in the season. So getting contributions uh, from some of your bench is going to be huge. If Duke can get some offensive scoring numbers from Theo John and get them on the floor a little bit more to help with some of those defensive issues that they might have, that would be remarkable, and that would obviously help this Duke team get a lot done. But but talk to me a little bit more about just the depth perspective of this Duke team because they do rely so heavily on six players, but it's going to take a little bit more to win six consecutive games. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a concern for me, mainly because in the past Duke teams, sorry, not Duke teams in the past, we, we normally play six or seven guys. That 2015 team you could say played seven or eight um, with, with Marshall and Grayson, but this team doesn't have that quality coming off the bench outside of Jeremy Roach as far as an offensive production standpoint. So um, I'm really looking for Jeremy Roach to carry the load off the bench this tournament. I'm hoping, I, I think, I don't want to say he's, the, he's an X factor, but he's the guy that I think we're going to need to step up the most and who could be potentially responsible for a big run from this Duke team. He's provided a spark off the bench for the last month and they showed the improvements across ESPN. I think he was averaging like seven points um, in November. It was like seven points in November, December, nine points in uh, February and, and January. And now in March, it was over 15 points a game or something like that. So um, I just the vast improvement that he's shown this year, a gets me excited for next year, Jeremy Roach, but also uh, makes me a little more confident in the fact that he can come in off the bench, provide an offensive spark that Joey Baker and Theo John really can't do. And somebody that could take over a game um, and, and help us make a little bit of a run here. One segment left to go here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Ryan Lohman joining me. We'll talk a little bit more about Duke basketball as they get set for March Madness in just a moment. 
Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need for your vehicle. You've got to check out Rock Auto as you could save time and money. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you could find things for much cheaper at rockauto.com? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Blue Devils and their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. It's a Wednesday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Thanks so much for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen each and every day. It is March 16th, 2022. We are two days away from Duke basketball getting back in the NCAA tournament. Something to look at for Duke basketball, who has done a really good job scoring this season. They led the conference and points per game is, is getting contributions from everybody. But you look at the scoring numbers. We talk shooting a lot. We talk Trevor Keels a lot. Something else to discuss in the scoring element in all of this is what Duke is getting from the interior with Mark Williams, whose scoring numbers himself have kind of been up and down. I'm, I'm doing a roller coaster motion as you're listening to uh, this audio podcast. So, with that being said, Ryan, like how can Mark Williams be more of a factor offensively? And do you agree that that could be an added bonus for the Duke team? Yeah, it absolutely could. I think Mark struggles with mismatched lineups. He, he needs a, a good matchup in order to take advantage of it offensively, at least. So Virginia Tech plays small ball, and we saw that just doesn't work well. And so when he's getting kind of torn up on the defensive end, it, it goes to show it, it kind of translates to the offensive end where he struggles. So um, I it's tough when you play a, a more talented team like Virginia tech who does play small ball, but when you play a, a team like Cal state Fuller, Fullerton who plays small ball, but they're not as talented. I feel like Mark could dominate. It's where you keep Mark in. He dominates the paint. He can, he can work his little bit improved post-up moves and back to the basket moves. Um, but when he's playing teams, like I said, small ball, talented teams who will work him defensively where he's has to be out on the perimeter, like Virginia tech did. And he has to be guarding these guards and, and using a lot of energy on that end outside of just shot blocking. Um, it definitely impacts him on the offensive end. So getting a team that can't pull him out to the perimeter and, and can keep him in the paint on defense. I think that goes a long way for saving his energy and also being able to get him uh, more active on the offensive end. The tallest player on the Titans roster is Lotto Laku. Number one, when you're looking at him, he's out of Dallas, Texas, a Texas A&M Corpus Christi transfer. He's their tallest player at six foot 10. However, he's only played in 18 games this season, averages 1.8 points per game, doesn't even average a full rebound. So not much of a factor whatsoever. You look at the size and the depth of this Fullerton roster you're looking at six, seven, six, eight guys. So with that being said, you kind of worry a little bit about mismatches there. But you're Mark Williams. You're one of the most talented players in all of college basketball. Duke's got to find a way for him to dominate and not let a team like Cal State Florida dictate the pace and the matchups in the game. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a first round pick. You you, you don't have you can't go up against Cal State Fullerton, like albeit a smaller team who will pull you out a little bit on the defensive end. Uh, you can't let them hinder your game enough to to not be a productive offensive threat against them. We should be able to feed him down low. The uh, 
the 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 paint game with him and Paulo with Paulo at the top of of the free throw line and him at the bottom should be able to dominate this game um, and and they shouldn't be able to wear him out like Virginia Tech did uh, with their talented shooters and their playmakers. There's nobody. There's no Kevin Aluma that's going up or or I think it's Justin Mutz as well. The other two, the two front court guys on Virginia Tech who basically just worked him to death on ball screens up top. Cal State Fulton is going to try. They're going to look at that at that film and say, well, we have the same size guys. Let's let's try that exact thing that worked for Virginia Tech. I just don't think they'll have the talent to be able to be that much of a threat to Mark Williams on the defensive end. All right, you've got an 8 out of 10 confidence level, you said, I think, to get out of Greenville. As we wrap up here today, Ryan, I want you to speak a little bit more to that. Like, why are we going to have a conversation next week about Duke advancing to the Sweet 16 round and advancing to San Francisco? Yeah, I think it it all starts with the tone that this Duke team sets against a 15 seed, in my opinion. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The confidence that this team needs, they don't have a confidence boost going into this. So if they can take care of business, I'll be very, uh, very impressed and um, optimistic about a game against whether it's Davidson or Michigan State. If, they, if this team can go into that second game with a little bit of swagger and a little bit of chip on their shoulder, um, the Davidson matchup still scares me a little bit just because of that three-point shooting uh, ability that they have. Um, but if, if, if that's what they're working on this week in practice, which obviously they are, if, if we're saying it, the coaches are, are saying it too. So if they can tidy that up a little bit, um, it, I think it'll be a closer game. Michigan State, I, I'm probably too confident. They don't scare me. I've watched a lot of Michigan State basketball. Max Christie's a great player. Uh, Gabe Brown can shoot the ball, but they don't have a playmaker that we need to completely worry about going off for 25 or 30 points. So take care of business against Cal State, cover the spread, beat them by 20 plus, um, get your walk-ons in at the four-minute timeout, and then going to that Davidson Michigan state game with a little bit of, of swagger. And I, I think it'll be a close game regardless of who we play because neither are bad teams. Um, but I just think Duke has too much talent to, to lose a four game tournament or four team tournament uh, for, for this weekend. Yeah. You look at Greenville and uh, I do think Duke ultimately is going to get out of there. I think they will be playing in the sweet 16 next week against um, you know, whoever it is that comes out of the top of the region, they'd just be in San Francisco. They're at that regional and all of this is setting up for potentially an elite eight matchup. If it is one versus two against Gonzaga, but we got to take care of business first before we get there. All right. I do want to go back, however, to black Friday of Thanksgiving week uh, when Duke took down Gonzaga after that game concluded an electric first half from Paulo Banquero and everyone was talking about him for the next few months being the best player in college basketball, being the number one pick, because he just quite honestly dominated that matchup. If you look at the next level and projections now, Paulo, to pretty much everybody, has fallen down to that three line. Chet Holmgren being the top guy, Jabari Smith at Auburn is so good and, and just honestly a better shooter than Paulo Bancaro is. But Paulo has so much more uh, skill, ability to take it to the rim to his game that he's such a fun prospect to sort of look at. How important, and I don't want to really look at this NBA side of things here, but Paulo to be the best player in the month of March in college basketball, that's what it's going to come down to if Duke wants to win it all, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with with Paulo. It was almost like Paulo, like this Duke team, peaked in March and a little bit in December as well. And since then, Paulo's stock has just continuously at, at minuscule levels dropped a little bit to now, like you said, he's at that third spot and Chet Holmgren, who was kind of in that one or two spot right away, has kind of separated himself, I feel like, a little bit from the Paulo-Chet conversation. And now it's almost 
Jabari Chet, who, who would go number one. So I, I kind of am looking for, for Paulo to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder a, a March Madness run for Duke at the, uh, on the back of Paulo Bancaro will, will skyrocket him to a, a number yeah. two or number one pick in the draft. That that's, that's what does goes without being said. John Morant did it with Murray state. It, it goes, it happens all the time. People improve their draft stock all the time in March Madness. And if, if Paulo can carry this team to a final four run, um, I, I don't see how he's, and, and that, that means beating Gonzaga and Chet Holmgren. Um, I don't see how Paulo would be anything lower than the number one or two pick. Let's go back to even a decade. I mean, CJ McCollum was going to be drafted yep. into the NBA, but it's a, a just surefire lottery pick the moment that you knock off Duke when you're playing for Lehigh. So whole lot of fun, Ryan. This has been excellent as always. Again, my guest, Ryan Lohman runs at the Duke Nation Twitter account. Tell me a little bit more about uh, the, the feed and kind of what you got with Crazy Twitter Live and everything going on in your world. Ryan, give me one final plug. Yeah, man, we uh, we did a, sh- a selection Sunday show um, uh, on Sunday, obviously, after the tournament was or that the bracket was announced, went on for about 50 minutes. We broke it down. We all gave our final four predictions as of a reactionary final four predictions. Those can always change up until Thursday. So um, we did that. We'll have we either have a show after the game on Friday, depending upon how it goes. And then definitely one if they win that on Sunday to to pre to review what happened over the weekend and preview what's going on uh, in the upcoming week. So, yeah, man, check it out at the Duke Nation and Crazy Twitter Live. We love it, Ryan. Thank you so much for the time. We'll talk again soon, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, JJ. All right, that's Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. Give him a follow there, and that's going to do it for another edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get them, and write out a five-star written review. means the world to me when you take the time to do that. All right, make sure you check out the Locked On ACC podcast. Again, five teams dancing in March this time of year. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.